0: We are the rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host Coop with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have one of the best interviews we've ever ever had on this show? Mike Alessandrini from the score. Uh, follow him on Twitter at a football It was a great conversation. Webb kind of kept up, but it was some, uh, he, he did okay, I guess You're the
1: worst person in the world.
0: we need <laughs> I st- we need Mike I back. started off both things insulting you. That interview and this. I was going for that. It's impressive. To no one. <laughs> so we are going to get to the interview after Webb's mock draft. My mock draft came out on Monday. I'm sorry. We released it Tuesday morning. It's blowing the internet up. They said it makes Mel Kuiper look stupid. Webb's going to do his best to figure this out.
1: Mel Kuiper, we want you on the show. Do not listen to Coop.
0: Mel Kuiper does not know how to use a computer. Let's get right <laughs> to this mock draft. <laughs> first up the jacksonville jaguars are on the clock webb who are you taking for jacksonville
1: mac jones alabama that's a joke obviously uh trevor lawrence clemson uh quarterback no secret here um he has incredible poise he is the top prospect overall by a lot of accounts um just incredible offensive player and Very few flaws. So not really much to say about Trevor Lawrence. That hasn't already been said. Uh,
0: Yeah. I agree. Okay, second up, the New York Jets are on the clock.
1: Sorry about that. So number two, I have Justin Fields from Ohio State, quarterback.
0: So you have stolen my first two picks. Congratulations. I hope you're proud of yourself. No, I just – I think that it makes
1: the most sense and – Come on, Trevor Lawrence, is everyone's number one pick. Uh, but Justin Fields, you know, just things that I've been reading about him over the last few years. Sorry, the last few months, um, things that I've seen with him on tape. Uh, and I'll speak about this later on in the show. I like a lot of the intangibles that he has. Some people say that he's too serious uh, to a detriment. Um, but listening to, you know, Peter Schrager and Kyle Brandt talk about uh, the the quarterbacks that have been in New York over the past However many regimes, um, New York hasn't really had like a a quarterback like Baker Mayfield with that sort of presence, that sort of cockiness. They usually have like these robotic kind of quarterbacks with uh, a personality that isn't very colorful and comes off somewhat serious and like just, you know, professional. So like Sam Darnold, Eli Manning, like those kinds of guys. So Justin Fields, some people say he's very serious, uh, comes off a little too serious. But I also like some of the things, like uh, I've read about it in terms of like the baseball background that he's had. We've seen how that's been a plus for guys like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray in terms of uh, uh, what some of the things that coaches can expect from them and even uh, improve, help them improve it. Uh, they'll be able to make some pretty much like muscle memory sort of plays uh, that other guys won't just because they have that other that background in another sport. His accuracy is fantastic, and I think he's overcome adversity. I like what he did on the field. Um, I like the fact that he overcame adversity, uh, you know, from a football standpoint. Um, Very much so, not much else can be said about Justin Fields, just that I have a number two, and so did Coop.
0: Uh, It's fine. You're a copycat. The San Francisco 49ers are up third. Who do you have them taking? So I was debating between... uh, Trey Lance, and
1: uh, Zach Wilson, and I really wanted to do Trey, I really wanted to slot in Trey Lance here, I had no, like Mac Jones was not even anywhere near, uh, anywhere near my mock in terms of the top three, and I was thinking about Trey Lance, but I went with Zach Wilson, uh, only because I think his floor is very high, I know Coop, that you think that Trey Lance has a high floor, I don't know how high Trey Lance's floor is, like ESPN has Trey Lance. Um, they dubbed him the man of mystery because really no one knows. I think he can be boom or bust. I really don't know how he's going to be. I think Justin Fields is more surefire. I think Zach Wilson in terms of floor is higher, but Trey Lance's upside is much higher than than Zach Wilson. Uh, I think the 49ers should take him as well. The the, the improvisational sort of things that he does, um, off-script plays that he does, I'm not going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to say that in terms of his floor, I like it a lot, a lot better. Um, some people would say like at BYU, he wasn't tested very much, so that's a knock against him. But you could say that about Trey Lance as well, with the one season under his belt at uh, North Dakota State. So I like the I like the poise that Zach Wilson has, but I also like Trey Lance's uh, his poise and his ability to fit balls um, to receivers and his 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 efficiency in the red zone. So I'm gonna go with Zach Wilson right here for number three.
0: Good job stealing both all three of my first picks. Good for you. Uh, Atlanta is up next. Who do you have for Atlanta, Webb? This is tough
1: because they're in a weird position, and I don't think they should move on from Matt Ryan yet, so I didn't have them drafting a quarterback. I say you know what? Improve the offensive line. Uh, Panay Suo, uh, 6'6, Oregon, offensive tackle. Um, I like him here. I think he can do very well. Uh, what sets him apart from other old linemen in this draft is his movement uh, and his hips, and he has a very strong punch to him. So that's why I have at number four.
0: First changeup. I like it. I like the thinking. It's very original. Very original. I like it. Thank you. Okay. Cincinnati's up next. So
1: I have Rashawn Slater going to Cincinnati uh, offensive tackle. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Northwestern. Uh I think they need to protect Joe Burrow. I think there's no other position that they need to address, especially this early on in the draft, other than offensive line. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Protection uh, for him is key, and some would argue he's an even better prospect than Sewell. So if they can get him here at the five, at, at
0: number five overall, um, why not? Okay, very interesting. The Miami Dolphins are picking six. After they traded with San Fran and Philadelphia.
1: Oh, sorry. And for the for the listeners, again, I just want to make this clear. This is who I'm thinking the team should select, not who they will select. Um, so Miami's on the clock. I'm going with Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Six um, three. It's around 250. I think that linebacker is one of the Dolphins' needs, in addition to. Uh, getting some help on the O-line and even one of the skill positions. I think this is a great pick for Miami, just bolster their defense even more, and um huge fan.
0: Micah Parsons has some of the highest upside of any player in this draft. It's really interesting you put him there. Good job. Thank you. Uh, Detroit is picking seventh. They have the former Rams quarterback Jared Goff, who is going to win the MVP this year. So how are you making Jared Goff look better?
1: I think this is my first reach of the draft. I think this guy has a lot of upside. I think he uh, is going to be really, really good. Christian Derrissaw, offensive lineman, Tech, Virginia Tech. Uh, he's been compared to Eric Flowers. He has some of the strongest hands in the league, sorry, in, out of the prospects. He's a very, very big man, and he has a very strong upper body, exactly what you need on the O-line. <clears throat> sorry. A lot of people will have Detroit Probably selecting a receiver or thinking he should take a receiver. I'm going to get into it at the end. Why I'm uh, not as high on receivers in the draft. Uh, I've done a little bit of research. I alluded to it the last episode, but I didn't get into it too much. Christian Derrissaw is who I have going to Detroit.
0: Webb, really quick. Do you know who I had Detroit picking at number seven?
1: I honestly don't.
0: Christian Derrissaw. Well done, buddy. Well done. Who?
1: I I swear <laughs> to God, I swear to you, I did not even remember that you had Darisaw. I made this independent of your of your
0: um your mock. So I didn't know that you even had that. I'm sure the listeners believe you. Okay. <laughs> Carolina is up. They have traded for Sam Darnold, so we think they're out of the quarterback market. But do you have them taking one anyway? No, I do not. Okay.
1: And I do not remember who you had Carolina taking, but I have not taking Kyle Pitts. I love Kyle Pitts. Tight end, Florida. six six two forty five, 245. Um, absolute beast. Huge. Great hands. Big school. The problem is some people are thinking that he's a little too small for the tight end position. I think that he's uh, a receiver. Not in terms of height. He's, he's 6'6", but in terms of like his actual mass. So I th- uh, some people are saying that he's too small. That would be one of the knocks against him. I like him here. With Sam, D- Sam Donald there, you get another player there on the O-line who can really contribute off the bat. And they have Christian McCaffrey that Sam Donald can pass to. Now we have Kyle Pitts. I think this is great. He's a steal at this position. I think uh, this is who they should take.
0: Kyle Pitts is my number two player overall, so that's a great, great pick for them. Denver is picking ninth. They have Drew Lockett quarterback. Do you have them upgrading quarterback here?
1: I do not. I think, and I'll get back,
0: I'll get into this a little bit later.
1: Danvers had so many misses on the quarterback position, Paxton Lynch, Tim Tebow, and the jury's kind of out on Drew Locke. It's a little too early for them to give up on him. Um, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and they had um, Trent Dilferon as a guest. And they were talking about Tua and the the year that a lot of people were down on him, including me. And he was saying, you know what? I don't care about year one. Let's see what happens in year two. Give these guys a little bit of time. And he got into other reasons as well why Tua struggled. But I'm going to give Drew Locke a little bit more time um, than he has already had. Um, I know he's had more than the one year, but I want him to – I want to give him a little bit more time. So long story short uh, – J.O.K., Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame. Uh, linebacker is who I have. I think that the Denver defense needs more depth. They're always getting hurt. It's so the big guy is six. Well, he's not that big, but he's 6'1, 215. He's come out of a big school. He's electric. I think that they've addressed receiver last year in Jerry Judy. They brought back Von Miller or they didn't get rid of him. They have Bradley Chubb, they have some huge weapons there. I think. Right there as a linebacker is some someone that they need, and that's why I have there. I don't think that Denver will take him, but I think that they should take should target a defense uh, defender.
0: Interesting. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys are picking tenth. How are you going hate- to mess their team up? You're going to hate me for this one. We have the same
1: pick here, but the caveat, So I'm going with Patrick Sertain, the second Alabama cornerback. Um, but in my defense, I've been saying Dallas should have addressed the secondary since 2020. So I was going to go with a corner
0: here. That is the first time I won't insult you because every single mock draft has this pick. This is like the one you penciled in from the beginning. Oh, oh yeah? yeah? I didn't know that. It's a very common to, pick, yeah. I've the tried tried one to corner avoid some of them.
1: So what can I say <laughs> about this guy? It, eh. It'd be fantastic. You already said it. <laughs> yeah. Number 10. Yeah. <laughs>
0: 11th, the New York Giants are picking.
1: Elijah Vera Tucker, USC offensive lineman.
0: I like that pick. I like that pick a lot.
1: Um, I like him at the guard here. think that would be great for the Giants. Kevin Zeitler went to Baltimore. The Giants just don't seem to have any luck when it comes to, to drafts uh, lately, although they did screw up the Daniel Jones pick. Um, big guy, 6'5", 310 pounds or so. They have to protect Daniel Jones. They have to shore up this offensive line for not only Daniel Jones, but also for Saquon who's coming off a torn ACL.
0: Very good. Philadelphia Eagles are picking 12th. They have some needs, Webb. How are you making this team better?
1: I think this might be seen as another reach, but I like the position. J.C. Horn from South Carolina, cornerback. I think think the, the Eagles need to address the secondary. I wanted them to do this like Dallas last year in the first round, but they took Jalen Rager, uh, which I thought was a huge mistake. Not that Jalen is bad, I just thought that they could have addressed the secondary um, more as a priority than than receiver.
0: Wow, okay. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and that's the first time I've gotten that team names right in my history. What are you doing to make Justin Herbert's life easier, Webb?
1: Well, to make Justin Herbert's life easier, uh, in a way, I have Quiddy Pay, defensive end from Michigan. Uh, 63260. I think it's exactly what the Chargers need with uh Melvin Ingram gone. Um I know they can address the O-line, but I think that they can get one of the probably the most electric and most uh uh, uh like one of the scariest uh, uh guys on the edge here and maybe address the O-line later. So you can still help Herbert at another time.
0: Okay, Minnesota is picking
1: fourteenth. You're not gonna like this pick. I have uh Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, corner.
0: Oh wow. Uh, they're definitely gonna pick a corner. That's hundred percent guaranteed. So good job there. Wow. I don't I don't know that they need it, but like
1: they should have addressed the secondary last year too, but it took Justin Jefferson, who has had a fantastic rookie year, but they didn't do it. Um, so I like it for the Vikings. That's one of the biggest holes. They need to fill it, and this guy was fantastic. It's just that uh the injury concerns are glaring, and Coop will talk a little bit about this later on with Caleb Farley.
0: Okay, the evil empire, the New England Patriots, are picking 15th, and if you have them getting Trey Lance, I'm going to lose my mind in anger. Now, I actually don't have him taking a quarterback at all, uh, at least not in the
1: first round. Um, I have him taking Christian Barmore on the defensive line. Um, uh,
0: the defensive lineman from Alabama?
1: Yeah, from Alabama. Um 6'4, big, big guys, 310 pounds. Uh people like to compare and compare him to Gerald McCoy. Um, I think that quarterback is obviously a big need that the Patriots have, but I think they're they're okay with Cam calling the shots at least for the first half of the season. We'll see what happens if they try to get a quarterback later, if they just let Cam ride this out for the entire season. Um they also need a receiver, but I think that this is a huge a position and a huge talent that they cannot pass up on, and this will solidify the defense like on a whole.
0: Okay. Arizona's picking 16th. All three receivers still available.
1: All three receivers still available, and I'll get to it after this. And, again, this is not what I think will happen, what I think uh, should happen. Uh, Arizona's not picking for a while after this, so I figured they had to really uh, nail it. They don't have a pick in the second, third, or fourth round. Um, So it's this, and they're basically sitting for days. Um, Trevon Morig Woodard, safety, TCU. Um, I think this is one of the the areas that they really need. uh, They really have a hole. And they they got AJ Green, so they don't need to get another receiver. Um, They got your boy, James Conner. So, yes, they can get a running back, but probably don't need to get him in round one. Um, They could have gone for... Uh, maybe one of the, the pass rushers. But I like this solidifying their, their secondary. They lost uh, Patrick Peterson. They still have Buda Baker. Throw in Trayvon over there. They'll do a good job.
0: Okay. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are picking 17th. How does Mike Mayock and John Gruden mess this pick up?
1: Yeah, I tried to get that out of my head. It really affected me. Like I wanted them to take a good player. And then I was like, they're probably going to screw this up. But I was like, at the same time, don't worry about what they've done in the past. Just... Figure out what they should do. And I have Zaven Collins,
0: linebacker out of Tulsa. Interesting pick. Zaven Collins is a gigantic human being. He is terrifying. 6'5",
1: about 260. And the Raiders, after screwing up a, a draft where they had three picks in the first round, need to atone for this and need to improve their defense.
0: Very interesting pick. Okay. Uh, Miami's second first-round pick is at number 18. You had them taking... Micah Parsons with pick six. Who are you taking at 18? I have
1: Devontae Smith here. Um, Alabama receiver, uh, six feet, 170 uh, when wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Devontae Smith. I'm not going to get into it too much, but I like the pairing uh, with Tua and Heisman Trophy winner. I, I think Tua needs another weapon on offense. Um, some would say they maybe need a running back. I think I like Devontae Smith better than uh, Najee Harris here.
0: Okay. Uh, 19, the Washington professional football team are picking. They have the best quarterback of all time in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So who do you have them taking?
1: Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State.
0: So will be on the bench for like six years because Fitzpatrick's going nowhere, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think
1: Ron Rivera probably actually let – uh Fitzmagic actually play the full season uh, unlike uh Brian Flores did last year but I think that uh Trey Lance and we'll get into this a little later uh, I love the intangibles with him I think he'll probably go a little earlier than this but I think if he's available Washington should probably take him uh because they need a quarterback and I think that he'll bring uh just mobility uh red zone efficiency good decision making um and he's also they can also use him conservatively when it comes to passing as well. So I I like Trey Lance here.
0: Okay, the Chicago Bears are picking twentieth. They usually ruin these things, so what are they gonna do?
1: Take Mac Jones. Quarterback boy.
0: Al- Alabama. I like the pick.
1: Now, now they have issues all over offense, so they could go receiver, quarterback, um uh, all But Mac Jones, you know, the jury's out on him. Is he good, or is he a product of his environment and having inflated inflated numbers? We don't know. I think that uh, I think he's a lower floor than the other guys, but I think he also um, I think he has upside. I think in the right system, he can he can flourish. If the if the the Bears get another receiver and if they're able to keep Allen Robinson not trade him, I think this is a nice nucleus that they have uh, along with Kolkmann. Uh,
0: my Indianapolis Colts are picking 21st, and if you mess this up, I will fight you.
1: So, I'm taking Gregory Russo out of uh, Miami uh, defensive end. This guy is—I couldn't believe it 6'7", 7 266 pounds. Um, I think when it comes to guys on the edge, there's a lot of there's no consensus. I think some people like Russo, some people like um, Jason Always, some people like Aziz. Um, it's all over the place. I think the Colts need help to rush the passer, Um, and I think Rousseau has tremendous upside.
0: Uh, So we're going to schedule that fight when tomorrow? you good tomorrow (laughs) for that fight, or what are you thinking? I know an apple tree we could fight behind to make things really nice.
1: I don't know where an apple tree grows (laughs) here, man. I
0: I know some apple trees. Okay, 22. The Tennessee Titans are up next.
1: Yeah, so this pick was hard for me, and I think it's a reach – because this guy may not go really until late second or beyond, but probably late mid to late second. Uh, Levi on, on uh from Washington. Defensive lineman. Tennessee has needs at corner and they have needs at a tight end and probably even receiver. But I think that this helps them on the defensive line. This guy is not going to go here. I think this is. I think they should target a defensive lineman, especially if Christian Barmore is gone. So I have.
0: I really like Levi. He's a great player. He almost made my first round last time. So he's a really good player, and he's ascending. He's excellent. Good pick. Okay, the New York Jets are up next. You had them taking Justin Fields number two. Who are you going to pair him with at twenty-three? You read my mind. I have Jamar Chase from the Jets.
1: Sorry, not from the Jets. From LSU to the Jets.
0: Wide receiver somehow going in the top five. You have him falling to twenty three because Webb hates Jamar Chase. You heard it here first, folks. Again, not how I think the draft will roll out, but
1: what I think should happen. Um, he had a fantastic season, uh, the best uh, for a receiver at LSU. Uh, but that was what two years ago. Um, I think him and Justin Fields pair those two together is going to be. A Broadway
0: theater. Honestly, it's going to be magical. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers are picking 24th. They re-signed Big Ben, kind of. So he's back. How do you have them fixing this roster?
1: So they need to upgrade the offensive line. So I have them taking a flyer on Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle Michigan.
0: Ooh, interesting pick. We talk about him a little while later. (laughs) Yeah, and he's... You know he made a, he he had a huge
1: leap uh, from 2019 to last year and he's just like he's very raw but he's very very
0: strong. Interesting. Okay, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are picking 25th. You had them taking Trevor Lawrence in a, it's just a shocking example of you stealing my picks. Who do you have taking 25? Uh, I want I want Trevor
1: Lawrence to be protected. So I'm going with Landon Dickerson, offensive tackle at Alabama. Uh, I don't know if this guy makes the first round. He probably doesn't. He probably goes in the second. Maybe he goes even later than that, but probably the second round. But I have that's what I have there.
0: I love Landon Dickerson. He is amazing. If it wasn't for the knee injuries that he's had, he'd be a guaranteed top 15 pick. So excellent choice, Webb. Thank you. Okay, the Cleveland Browns just signed Jadavion Clowney. Right after I did my mock draft, screwing me over totally. Who do you have them picking, Webb? Oh, that didn't even affect me. I have them taking Jalen
1: Phillips uh, out of Miami, 6'6", uh, on the edge. So I don't care if they sign J- Davion Clowney. We've talked about this before. He's just not productive when it comes to sacks. He's great at pressuring, um, great at stopping the run, but he's just not going to produce necessarily. And the Browns don't have very many holes, so I think they should target one of these one of these guys on the edge who – probably would be a better value than uh, like a running back or or some of these late corners.
0: Yeah, Clowney only signed for one year, so they, he should not play into their drafting at all. Good call. Okay. Uh, your favorite team in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, are picking 27th. Are you giving Lamar some help? No, I'm not. Good call. Okay. Uh,
1: Nick Bolton, linebacker, Missouri. Uh, I wanted to give him some help with the receiver. Like You had a great idea pairing him with the receiver. I think that's what you did
0: on your mock. I did not. I gave him an edge defender. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so I, I think uh, the Baltimore defense, they find ways to, to be productive and, and, and be great year after year, no matter who they lose. Um, I would love to have uh, paired Lamar with someone on the O-line, um, but I think they can address that uh, later on in the draft.
0: Just so you know, uh, Nick Bolton is on my all underrated team for the next show. So, good choice there, Webb. Okay, uh, number 28, the New Orleans Saints are picking next. Drew Brees has recently retired. Where do you get the Saints going?
1: Yeah, uh, corner, because Marshall Lattimore probably doesn't play next season or plays very little if he does. Uh, Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern, cornerback. Uh, whether um, Lattimore comes back or he doesn't, they need help in the secondary a little bit. Um, they mean they need more help at receiver, but I just I think I like the receiver a little bit better, Coop.
0: Elsewhere. See, I, I like what you did there. On the last pick for Baltimore, you're like, I have no idea what you did. But you knew I picked Greg Newsome to the Saints last mock draft. So I promise stole you my I didn't. pick. Sure. I promise I did not. It's real convenient, Webb. Real <laughs> convenient. I promise you I
1: promise you I did not. I promise I did. It's too obvious.
0: You played the fool before. I have no idea what you did in Baltimore. (laughs) You're such a scumbag. Oh, my God.
1: I promise you I did not. Worst person, man.
0: Okay. The Green Bay Packers are picking 29th. There are still some great quarterbacks available. Kyle Trask, Miles Davis, Mills Davis from Stanford, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. What quarterback do you have as a third-string guy backing up Aaron Rodgers and... Jordan Love, I hate it so much. What quarterback are you giving him, Webb?
1: Out of Florida, I have Kyle Trask going to the Green Bay Packers.
0: Honestly, the most realistic thing you could do.
1: <laughs> no, that's a joke. I have Jalen Waddell uh, out of Alabama going to Green
0: Bay. I wish that could happen so much because I want Aaron Rodgers to be happy.
1: Yeah, that's not going to happen. He's not going to be here this late. This is who I think the Packers should take again. Uh, he's sm- I find him. I don't want to say he's small because he's a little shorter, but um probably the most explosive receiver in the class uh, dynamic playmaker and just all over the place so i think that'd be really uh, really compliment devonte adams uh who's more more of a possession receiver uh with with aaron rodgers and would actually give them a receiver that they need so
0: would have been nice to get it last year but okay <laughs> number, number 30 the buffalo bills fresh off an afc title game who do you have them taking
1: fresh off a loss uh jason owe Penn State, on the edge, um, 6'5", 257. Buffalo doesn't have that many uh, holes, but I think uh, pass rush is one of them. So, In addition to running back, but like you, I didn't want to draft a running back in the first round. Um, so that's what I have. Yeah.
0: Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs, fresh off a Super Bowl loss, are picking 31st. What do you have them doing?
1: Aziz Ojulari also on the edge out of Georgia. Uh, Some people are really high on him. I think he could be the best uh, pass rusher in in the class, and some people think he's a a sort of one-trick pony, and the teams are going to figure him out very quickly. So I have him there for the Chiefs. I think they can use help uh, on the edge.
0: Okay. And the final pick of the first round mock draft for Webb, who do you have the Super Bowl Champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting?
1: This is the toughest pick for me. I feel like the Bucs are so damn good that there aren't very many areas from the field, but I have Asante Samuel Jr., FSU, cornerback going to the Bucs. Um Can always shore up the secondary. Why not?
0: I like that pick, man. I like. I really like Asante Samuel Jr. He's a really good player. Thank you. Good pick. Good draft. Uh, I mean, not as good as mine because it was so terrible, but you put a good effort out, which I appreciate.
1: <laughs> here, here, Here's what I wanted to – tell you in my rationale because I alluded to it. I still haven't gotten to it. I'm tired of just building up hype. So people probably wonder why the hell are you taking uh, receivers so late? So listeners, I did a little bit of uh, analysis for the past 20 drafts from 2001 to 2020. I looked at it extensively, all the first round picks. I didn't do the entire draft, sorry, but the first round picks in those drafts. There were 74 receivers selected, and I counted 8 to 10 that were actually very good out of 74. So I'll I'll, I'll regale you, and I'll, I'll, I'll refresh your memory with who these guys were. Reggie Wayne, 2001. Andre Johnson, 2003. Larry Fitzgerald, 2004. Roddy White, 2005. Calvin Johnson, 2007. There were no receivers selected in the first round in 2008. 2010, Des Bryant. 2011, AJ Green and Julio Jones. 2013, Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. 2014, Mike Evans. Uh, and also, um, OBJ. And uh, 2015, Amari, because he had an elite year. He got paid. And 2018, I'll say Calvin Ridley. That's out of 74 first-round picks as receivers. This, to me, is not a, a position that you need to reach for.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's get to the interview now with, I'm, I'm going to say the best football writer in the country. Some may disagree. Webb disagrees because Webb's a bad person, but I would say that. I do not uh,
1: disagree. Stop this.
0: <laughs> Mike Alessandrini from The Score. Please follow him on Twitter, at A Football Mike. Uh, puts out great content all the time. Go check him out. Let's get to that interview right now.
1: And now we have a very special guest
0: mike Alessandrini, welcome to the show thanks thanks for having me guys so i'm so happy you're here mike because i'm hoping you can talk some sense into web because his draft takes are the worst in the business the absolute worst
1: (laughs) how are you gonna do me like that coop come on
0: (laughs) right off the bat baby just because i have
1: fresh takes (laughs) thank you for joining us and before we get into it how can listeners uh get your content um how can they find you on Twitter, social media? You can plug your own- um,
2: I'm glad you asked. First, first of all, I, I work for the score. I'm very well known app. It's uh, all my writing and stuff I do is, is on there. Download the app. If you don't have it, it's, it's, it's the best sports app around. I'm not just saying that because, because I work there, I'm not doing anything shameless here uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at a football Mike. So kind of like the the old show, a football life where they would do the Super Bowl champions, uh, just a football Mike, all one word. So, uh, That's where you can find my uh, less official takes, we'll call it, and all my actual writing and feature stuff. and We do a lot of news stuff too and alerts and things things of that nature all on the score app for me.
0: And I'm just going to say his rankings of quarterback, offensive line, running back and receiver on that app right now, and they are amazingly well done. Everyone go check those out.
2: Oh, I, I appreciate it. That's, uh, it's not just me. My, my colleague Dan Wilkins, uh, he's been, uh, very, very big help with that. Uh, we just published tight ends and offensive line over the last couple of days. Uh, next week we're going to get, uh, actually in the weekend we're going to start on defense and, uh, continue on the D line linebackers next week. And then closer to the draft, we'll get into the secondary and by, uh, a few days before, five, six days before the draft, we'll, we'll have all the rankings for you there so you guys can check out, uh, every, every position. Everyone's looking for different things in this draft and the 2021 class certainly has a bit of everything. But I appreciate it, you guys. That's, uh, that's, that's really great. It's a lot of hard work. Obviously, that's, uh, as you guys know, I'm sure, uh, goes into just, just watching the prospects and getting, getting it in a succinct way so people can understand, right?
0: See, that's why you're a better person than me because I love taking credit for Web's work. I do it whenever possible. I give him no credit ever. And uh make me look bad here, Mike. I'm not going to
2: lie. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's, it, I think you got to strike a strike a balance, right? I have that in me too. Just, I just I guess at this time we flip the coin and uh, I got the generous the generous Mike now. <laughs> and if you guys
1: uh for those who use the score app, which are millions of you out there, if you get those football alerts and the football stories chances are uh it can be Mike and i'm sure you've read his content on a weekly basis i know i do um and i enjoy it quite a lot with that said i uh, want to get into maybe you can settle a debate here and throughout really uh sure football world um okay i've never seen or i can't remember seeing such debates among uh the quarterback position and the receiver position at the top throughout the entire uh Crop, yes, but at the top like this, when it comes to Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, uh, it seems like everyone out there, journalists, scouts, coaches, execs, have a different order in terms of who they prefer and who they'd like to be drafted first. Uh, Coop and I probably have a different order in, in, uh who we take and when we take them. Who do you see, like, what would your ranking be in terms of... Uh, these three players, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Jamar Chase, and what do you think about these prospects and, and, and why? What's your rationale for,
2: for that? Well, I, I, just off the bat, I want I want to make it very clear that all three are really, really, really strong players. J- just to give some context, um, one of them is my third overall player, one of them is my fifth overall player, and one of them is my 10th overall player. So those are just three of the, in my opinion, the 10 best prospects in this whole class. So I could definitely see someone liking Smith a little more than Waddle. I could see someone falling in love with Waddle's speed. Chase is a dynamic all-around receiver. But he he won the Heisman Trophy for a reason. So off the bat, for me especially, Waddle and Chase are very close at the top. Devontae Smith is number three for me. Uh, I'll get into that um, in, in a sec here. But I think for me, it's just hard not to put Chase number one. I I really wanted to put Waddle number one. Uh, At the end of the day, Chase showed, you put on the tape and there's just a developed game. You see a bit of A.J. Brown after the catch. You see Stephon Diggs-like route running. And then you realize this kid was 19 years old when he was doing this in college. And you know everyone who even follows college football on, on the lighter side knows how good that LSU offense was. And it wasn't all Joe Burrow. Like Justin Jefferson, we saw how good he was as a rookie last year, and Chase was just so much better somehow, which is just crazy to think about. So you you think we didn't see him in twenty twenty because he opted out, and you realize he he dominated at nineteen years old, like I said. So you think what what can happen between now and then? And and I'll tell you that the testing numbers are the answer to that. He runs the four three eight. He runs a four, he jumps 41 inches on the vertical, uh, 11 feet in the broad, both like 98 percentile and up for a spark athlete uh, at his position. And then it's like, holy, this is just uh, a, a special prospect. Do I wish maybe he was with his bulkiness, at six two, six three? Yeah, he's only six feet. There are some things about his game that, again, he's still only 20, so it's not like uh, there's he's going to stop growing. And and this guy just. His footwork off the line of the scrimmage reminds me of a little bit of Devontae Adams. He could develop into that type of player. His ball tracking is incredible. Um, so I, I have him number one. He's just a polished prospect, but also, you know, when you look at these prospects, you, you want to say where, A, where are they now? And B, where can they be? So a lot of players maybe are not quite so good now, but they have traits and tools to develop. Um, I'll get into some later receivers later that, that fit that bill if you guys want, but, um, Chase just has both. He's just so polished now and he can be just so so incredible. So I don't know which one of you had uh Chase one, but uh that's my number one and I I'm going to I'm going to stick to that.
0: I had Chase second. I like your comparison. I I think he's a souped up Anquan Bolden.
2: He was to me I actually wrote down I uh, I ended up watching watching him before um the testing numbers came out and I wrote down AJ Brown and Anquan Bolden. That's funny. And then when the testing came out, Bolden didn't test anywhere near as, as good as and that's no an insult to Anquan Bolden. He was incredible uh his career or from from start to finish really. And uh and I think he I feel the same way. He reminds me a lot of Bolden. He's tough. He could go up the middle, he could line him up in the slot, he can make a ton of catches there. Um but it's just a little more explosive athleticism. There's really no one you can't even really compare him to anyone at that level of athleticism. Cause he's not DK Metcalf in terms of size. He's not Julio Jones in terms of like the size and, and bulk and, and that. So he's not maybe that level with the size, height, weight, speed, but he's just a notch below, which is, which is pretty incredible. That's like top 10 receiver in the league potential for him.
0: I, I think he's gonna be really good. Uh, he has all the traits and I was really surprised by the athletic numbers. I don't, he played, he played better with the ball in his hands, I thought, than actually on like, beating corners with speed. I thought he was more elusive, like, uh, like Tony in the draft. Him and Tony are the two best with the ball in their hands. I think he's gonna be a real, the best number two receiver in football, and I'm not sure he's gonna be an elite number one. I have my concerns, cause, just cause he's his size. I'm not sure, like, he's not Julio Jones, who was a top five pick, like, just physically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good, though, like, Listen, I think,
2: I, I, I think uh, I understand the, the the concerns about the size, but there there are a lot of number one receivers with less size, uh, less size that are, that are, that are shorter, uh, shorter than him, or it's just when you mix that size, he's six feet, he's not short. Waddle is 5'10", maybe you have some size concerns there, but there are other things about his game as we'll get into that, sort of compensate for that. Um, and when you have, when you have this level of prospect, I think he's, I mean, I, I think I think that's his floor of of best number two receiver in the league is his floor, which is pretty exciting for a prospect. I think he's already going to be wherever he goes. He's probably going to go between five and seven. I can't really see him getting past Detroit at seven. So I think any of those three landing spots, that would be uh, Miami at six, Cincinnati at five, or, of course, Detroit at seven. He instantly is the number one receiver uh, on that team. Maybe you can argue that T Higgins is so good as a rookie that he can be number one there. Obviously the dolphins, he would round out that receiving core. It would be incredible. They design Will Fuller. Um Parker is great too. All three of those can make it, can be number one receivers. I'm sure there are at least five or six NFL teams that would take any of those three to be the number one receiver. I'm an Eagles fan and I would, I would, you know, I would beg for any of those three at, at this point. So um uh, chase is gonna be chase is gonna be incredible now waddle waddle's very close for me waddle as I mentioned before chase is my number three broadside waddle's my number five It just there's a difference between separating and and truly separating if that makes sense and waddle is just someone who truly truly separates um when he gets past you he blows past you this is not a a one yard cushion here this is just someone that you at times you can't defend. And when he's healthy, before he suffered the uh, the ankle injury that uh, almost cut short the season, he, he just you couldn't stop him. And he's a and he's more he's more than just a speed threat. I want to make that clear. He's a top notch ball tracker. He's got the Sean Jackson like ball skills. You know, a little bit undersized, but he can make those plays deep. And you know, I, I, I'm sorry, Coop. I'm going to have to disagree with you with the the balls the ball in the hands uh, comment. Jalen Waddle is uh maybe the best in the the whole class maybe I could argue with Tony I I like I like the Tony with the ball in his hands not that Chase isn't but uh Waddle with the ball in his hands is just um everything you saw of Henry Ruggs last year which was Henry Ruggs was uh, you know an incredible prospect and went very high in the draft Waddle is just a level higher um than than Ruggs they're they're pretty similar players just Waddle has a more developed game and if he's fully healthy um He is going to be a, a star in the league, as Tyreek um, Tyreek Hill showed. You don't have to be Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, that kind of level of size to uh, to dominate a number one receiver. Now, maybe he's not Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is very special, but if Jalen Waddle could be eighty percent of Tyreek Hill, that's a that's a top fifteen receiver in the league, and I think there's just so much potential to be to be good there. So I'm not sure if Waddle was your number one or if it was Devontae, but. They're very close for me. Devonte was first,
0: uh, Chase second, Waddle third.
2: It was the injury okay.
0: for Waddle, but I agree with you. Yeah. I have him as a little bit less than Tyreek Hill. That's his upside.
2: Yeah, I, I think, and, that, and that's an incredible upside. I don't know if we're going to see Tyreek Hill, another Tyreek Hill in the league for a very long time. Uh, I don't know. A lot of athletes are getting getting better out there every year. It seems like they're getting better and better, but uh, Devontae is great too. I mean, you look at him. He shouldn't even be on the football team when he walks in the room. It just doesn't seem like he would really star in any position. And he comes out there and he dominates. This is the SEC. He's not playing Louisiana Tech or North Texas. No, no offense to those schools. Like he's he's dominating these. Florida puts out good DBs. LSU is DBU at least in the SEC, and he's and he's making everyone look like look like children on the field. His route running is more advanced than Jerry Judy when he came out, you could argue. So I, there are parts of his game that are more developed than Chase and um, Waddle. So I could, you know, I, I'm, while I don't agree with you putting Smith number one, I could I could see a scenario. There are people I've spoken to that like him at number one. He has just the ball skills at his size are, are incredible. Like he's not supposed to do the things he does with the ball in the air, with a receiver, uh, with a cornerback just draped all over him. You can't you can't single coverage him. There's almost there's no way to do it. If you give him a space, there's just no way for him to do that. He kind of reminds me of like Stephon Diggs and the way he moves. Not not quite an exact comp, but there's parts of his game. Um But there are still concerns about his frame. Is he gonna hold up? Are the big are the Jalen Ramsey's gonna outmuscle him? Are the Stephon Gilmore's okay? So Stefan Gilmore may not be an elite cornerback anymore. But are, are those types of players? Going to dominate in the league, and that's a little bit of a concern of mine. But again, not a huge one because he's my tenth overall player. So n- n- very easy top three for me. And then there's a, a gap to the next group of, of, of guys. But those are just three incredible receivers. They're all going to go in the first half of the first round.
1: Mike, you're supposed to settle the debate. And it seems like <laughs> you and Coop just continue the debate. Uh, but I. You offer I'm joking but you guys you offered both you guys offered fantastic insight into into these uh two players I actually um echo both of your concerns and both of your praise when it comes to the players I think I would still have devonte one um just because of the things that I've heard about and how he's so dialed in and how he's very mature you know the, the size thing is glaring uh the fact that he's Frail and and so a buck seventy um very small, and also he played in a in an offense that was thriving, but still yeah. like, uh, i like I like the intangible stuff uh that he brings, and I think that's why I take uh him over waddle
2: and over chase. I don't think uh it's really easy to settle this at all, but uh I appreciate so it you guys both have Devonte number one, I thought this was a debate I thought you both have waddle one uh sorry, you both have Devontae Smith one.
0: I think he just changed because my argument was so
2: good. <laughs> so, that's what I was getting. I, 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 I was like, oh, I thought I was here to settle debate. It seems like I didn't do anything like that. So, so I, think, I think the debate also is,
1: okay, so Coop and I have been doing this mock, and not in terms of where we think the players will go, but where we think the players should. Right. Uh, where, yeah. where we think players should take, uh, teams should take players. So I think that's part mm-hmm. of the debate too. Like I'm very uh, bearish. On taking receivers a lot of receivers are in the first round uh just from some analysis that I've done I looked into some things and I can um I'll go into it a little bit later in the pod I looked at like the past like 20 drafts and you Mm -hmm. know the landscape of of the elite receivers and all these other things and there's I think there's so many other positions that are more valuable than taking receivers but this year might be a bit of an anomaly with the, the caliber of receivers, you know, at the top of those three. Um, so that's really more the debate uh, with us as well. Um, but yeah, uh, there is another debate that I wanted to get into. I don't think we're going to settle this. Um, very tough. It's the quarterback. And, and and obviously it's not surrounding Trevor Lawrence, but it is surrounding uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, who grew up and... Some people are saying, uh, could go number two overall. Um, where do you, what do you like about both of these guys? And would you take,
2: uh, Wilson over Fields? To answer the question, would I take Wilson over Fields? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I was going to mention Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance is, is, can be better than everyone in this draft, really, in my opinion. I think maybe with the exception of Lawrence, but Lance's upside is huge. But we'll, we'll settle the debate first. I think, um, Wilson is going number two, and I think that's that's the right move. It's very hard to say it for, uh, with absolute certainty of who's going where in a draft a couple of weeks, but we, we know what's happening with one, and we're pretty much dialed in with Wilson at two. There's just, you know, seven, eight years ago, Wilson isn't going number two. He's probably not even going in the first round, but Patrick Mahomes comes along, and you, the NFL is enamored with this kind of... Uh, a better Johnny Manziel style of play, a more controlled like um a winging it kind of thing throwing off platform. It, it's a little bit sexy, but when you can do it well like Mahomes, no one can do it like Mahomes, but what keeping you could do it even 75% of what he does. That's what Zach Wilson offers and that's not what anyone in this draft can offer, not even Lawrence. So the off-script plays that that he can make not with his legs but with his arm um are are special and I think that that alone, he has very natural accuracy. It's just, I, I keep going back and forth between him and Lance because I just, there's something about Wilson's game and it's, he was not pressured often enough for me to see enough throws of that kind of, in, with the pressure in his face of that, like those kind of caliber throws. He's, he has timing, he has accuracy, all levels of the field, one of the best deep throwers in this class. But we saw very few. Times where his life was truly made difficult. BYU didn't have an overly difficult schedule. Their offensive line was one of the best in, in the league. Two or three of them are going to get drafted this year, um, and that's you know for Alabama is normal, but for for BYU is not. So um, he didn't have any. He didn't feel like he he thought like he was just having playing backyard football back there, and he he made every team pay for it. I think the upside with Wilson, despite that, uh, is very high. Not to knock Fields again. This is kind of like the receiver debate. It's why it's so hard. But all three of these guys are so good, and just between the debate, Fields and Wilson are both really good. Uh, Fields has parts of his game, and I think are extremely translatable. And I think um, it's just at the end of the day might just be about accuracy, and that's uh, such the, like the most important transferable skill from college to the pros. And I think Fields has that. Outside of Lawrence, he's the most naturally accurate passer you might even argue he's more naturally accurate than Trevor Lawrence he makes special throws he obviously can do damage with his legs I love both of them there's just a, the Ohio State offense um, not to pull the whole Ohio State quarterback debate because we've had different coaches at Ohio State obviously um, over the last t- 10 or so years however um, Fields is processing it's just a tick late for me he um stands in the pocket doesn't have that Um, his internal cloth, I guess you can say, is not moving as as quickly. He he needs a good balance of being hurrying, but also being controlled. It's like some sort of controlled hurrying, if you want want to call it that. Wilson, uh, sorry, Fields is very relaxed in the pocket, which is very good. He's probably the most poised quarterback in the whole class, and nothing can face him. But at times, it could be to his detriment. I think maybe he gives himself more time than than what he needs. We're splitting hairs here at the end of the day. Fields is, I think... Despite the Mac Jones, uh, craziness that's been going on, I think the Niners are going to take Fields. I think Wilson is going to go to the Jets. And at the end of the day, I, I, I think the Niners are the best landing spot for these guys. Again, the if, uh, if Fields is going two and Wilson is going three, I'd be 100% certain that Wilson would have the better career. But now it's all about landing spot, right? Not everyone is, is Trevor Lawrence. You could, you could, you could nitpick a little bit, but I think for me, Wilson is the guy that's going to go number two. He should be the second pick. And honestly, I could see the argument with Trey Lance. His upside is huge, but between those two, it's, it's Wilson by a little bit for me.
0: On my last mock, I said Trey Lance had the most upside of any quarterback in this chat.
2: Physically, he's the most gifted by far. I would argue that he's physically the most gifted uh, maybe I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't been doing this forever, but like the, I've been doing the sort of watching the draft prospects for seven, eight years now. And he's physically just on another level. I've, I've never seen it before. Um, okay. with his legs, with his, with his arm, it's just, there are things he can do that you just, and, and the funny thing, the way I like to put it, and this is not really my, uh, you know, a uh, new thought that, that's been out there, but people see him as a, a high upside pick. So there's a low floor. I actually think he has a very high floor. I think he come in as a rookie and make and make plays because of, because of his legs. Jalen Hurts is maybe the best loose example I can give where he's maybe not looking great as a passer, but he's playing really well. He makes plays with his legs. He can't bring him down in the pocket. He's escaping the pocket. Doing damage on scrambles, Lance can do that while he's learning the other little intricate parts of the game that he didn't learn at North Dakota State. Very run-first offense over there, um, and just the, and like you said, the the upside is is incredible. And I'm gonna I'm most interested of the whole draft where he lands because if it's the Falcons at four with Arthur Smith, that would be incredible. I loved him um, as if it was the Panthers before they traded for Sam Darnold. Not that they're gonna maybe pass on a quarterback. I think they will, but a quarterback's still in play. But if Lance went to a Joe, uh, team led by Joe Brady, Joe Brady's the OC, not, not the head coach, but still someone that leads the offense, that kind of offensive mind. Like if he went to San Fran, I don't think he's going to go to the Niners, but if he went there, it's just the upside, the upside's massive.
0: About Wilson for a second, because I disagree with you on him a little bit. Sure. I agree that he has the, he can make throws that no one else can make, the off-schedule throws. But my issue with him is that people get enamored with Patrick Mahomes so much. They want to find the next guy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's never going to be the next guy that he's just so, he's in such a different category that I think there's a more of all the five quarterbacks that are talking about in the first round. I think he has the highest plus potential of all of them.
2: It's funny. I actually,
0: I actually agree with you. I,
2: um, I think Wilson, if he goes to the wrong team and maybe the Chets are that team, that franchise is pretty cursed, but uh even with the new head coach, uh, I actually, I agree. It's it's weird for me to say that. He's my, like, number four overall prospect uh, and my number two quarterback. So it's weird for me to say, but I, I, I can see a scenario where that is. But I also think at the same time, you're not really, you don't have to look for that Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you can, exactly Patrick Mahomes, because like you said, it's, it's not coming. It's not coming anytime soon, but you can get pretty close. And I think Wilson's pretty close.
1: And I, I believe Coop did say that uh, Trey Lance had the highest upside. Um, it's interesting. I. I like Trey Lance a lot, and I think you're right. I should have included him in that cluster with uh, Justin Fields and uh, and Zach Wilson. Again, like the intangibles I like about about Trey Lance, like uh, the hair that, and and with Justin Fields as well. Justin Fields, the intangibles. Sometimes you mentioned that he is very serious and um, very poised. Uh, that can, sometimes some people have said that's a knock against him. Sometimes he comes off a little too serious, like he's taking himself a little too seriously. But from um, from all accounts, uh, that's how that's who he is. He's not really putting on a front, and uh, I just like what he stands for. I like that he was able to you know overcome what he did in terms of transferring. He had uh, a little bit of a, a struggle, a little bit of growing pains uh, going from Georgia to to OSU. But um, yeah. I, I I like those things, and I, I I like the fact that he's super accurate. Um, but I like things about Zach Wilson too. I I think is right I think but you you both are right in terms of uh getting stuck in this sort of uh this uh trope with uh Patrick Mahomes where everyone's just trying to find the next X quarterback or X receiver um and you're not going to replicate Patrick Mahomes because we didn't know about thinking about a Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Holmes so now yeah. they're not going to just come along uh you know at every in, in every draft so uh, I like things about Zach Wilson in terms of like his ingenuity, the way he can improvise on the field. You mentioned the off script plays that he makes as well. I always get a little, uh, a little nervous when it comes to players that just rise up this late in the process. Um, and I know Trey Lance, just to bring that back to him, uh, he didn't really play last year, really. Um, but he had a huge year before that. And, sort of like uh, with uh, Chase, like these guys who had big 2019 years, like major 2019 years, like Trey Lance didn't even throw a pick. Um, did he throw that much? Arguably not. But we kind of, it's kind of like a a, a, a prisoner of the moment kind of thing, like, you know, like, uh, or like uh, out of sight, out of mind. Whoever we've seen most recently, that kind of creeps up into the forefront of our minds and we kind of diminish the, the accomplishments of, of guys that have done it before and done it at a very impressive level, but just like pre-COVID. So um, I don't know if that adds further to the debate, but I am very intrigued to see where where Trey Lance lands
0: as well. Mike, what you need to know about Webb is he is the ultimate fence sitter. He didn't say anything there. He talked about every guy being great and also terrible at the same time. It was actually impressive
2: how you did that. Uh, You know what? I was was on your side before, but I'm going to come to Webb's defense now. I I, I was going to say – I appreciate the um, the involvement of intangibles and and their demeanor and that stuff in an evaluation. It's not something that like normal dudes like uh, that you and you and I can can really speak to too much. But it's something that really factors into prospects, especially quarterbacks. And you know, at the end of the day, stats tell us of these five guys. Two of them are going to be really good, maybe, maybe, maybe none of them are, and definitely not all five. And a lot of that, a lot of times, it's because of those intangibles—the mental aspect of the game—that we don't really see behind the scenes. the coaching staff. It's how they take. It's how the offense fits them. It's how they tailor their skill sets to the offense. So I, I, I appreciate. I know you did that a little bit with Devonte Smith.
1: Thank you, thank you, Mike. Voice of reason here. I, <laughs> I wasn't saying all three can go in any spot, and I'd be cool with that. I was just saying what they each bring, and I see why their stock is rising. Um. But again, like you mentioned it, you both mentioned it, fit. Like, uh Trey Lance isn't gonna just fit anywhere. Um Right. Zach Wilson's not gonna just fit anywhere. Mac Jones, who we didn't we didn't talk about too too much, but uh he's not gonna fit just anywhere. Some of these guys need a lot of control in that environment and a lot of I want to say micromanagement and having the right pieces there and they can thrive. So a lot of the times it's about fit too. No doubt. Poo-poo. And, and, and,
2: uh, it, it, no, I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say a lot, a lot. It's more for more than just quarterback and, but quarterback it's, it's definitely most, most prevalent, at least, uh, for prospects going to the pros.
0: I may be crazy here. I actually think Trey Lance could fit almost anywhere. He played in a pro style system in college. He's such an amazing athlete as well. I think you put him anywhere in the league. He's going to succeed. He may need a little development because he played against minor competition, but he only had 18 throws a game, which does worry me, but. I think he could succeed anywhere. I really do believe, I believe this kid a lot. I think he's gonna be great. I, I agree. I mean,
2: I, I, I maybe, I'm reluctant to say anywhere. There are, you know, always a handful of head coaches that just kind of don't know what they're doing in the league. There's not, I always say there's not 32 good, there's never 32 good head coaches in the NFL. Oh. Just there's not 32 guys on the planet that can do this at a high level, in my opinion. So uh, there are always a handful that they're not gonna fit. But I, I, I agree with you. There's, he has enough traits and athleticism to, to fit anywhere. Hopefully he's used properly where he goes.
0: I didn't mean anywhere like that. I meant any system. Obviously head coaches okay. trash. Yeah. trash. <laughs> he could okay. fail because of that for sure. But I think any system of style he fits in quite well.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you put him, let's say if he falls in the Patriots trade up, you put him in Josh McDaniels, he would run that offense the way Cam Newton did. Cam Newton threw, Did he? how many times did he throw over 18 times a game? Probably not a whole lot. And he did a lot of runs. He would, you know, the Patriots would be uh, 10 and six at the very least if they had Trey Lance playing decently last year instead of Cam Newton. I'm not the biggest Cam Newton guy. Uh, I'll say that at least now. Obviously Cam Newton was incredible a few years ago. He's just not at that level now, but you put him in that kind of offense that that works. I almost maybe don't want him throwing 30 times a game, 35 times a game. I, I want him to run the ball. I want the ball in his hands, although he only threw 18 times a day. Uh, I guarantee he had the ball in his hands at least 25, 26 times. And he was the direct, um, he was the, the number one, the primary read, however you want to call the uh, how the play was centered around. So, uh, I'm a little hesitant to really care much about the how many times a game he threw. Obviously, there's reps. And considering he only had one full season as a starter, it's definitely concerning. I can see that.
0: Mike, I am furious at you right now. I hate the Patriots because I'm a good person. And you just put them getting Trey Lance. And I am in a rage right now at the thought being put, that put into the world. If they get traded, that's going to lose my mind. Yeah.
2: No, no one should be a Patriots person. So I, I'm, 100%. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the Patriots hate, hate uh, train. I appreciate what they did, obviously. Uh, you know, it's over now, but I, I appreciate what, what, how, what they accomplished, but, uh, I, I won't get you too excited, but I, I need to be ready for a possibility. Best case scenario, they land knock Jones, uh, in terms of, if you want them not to succeed, uh, no knock on Mac. He's great, but he's for me a, a very large step below the other four guys. So best case scenario, but he's still going in the first round. So best case scenario for you, if you don't want the Patriots, if they're going to drop the quarterback, let it be Mac Jones. We'll, we'll put that in. We'll put that into the universe. So
1: another topic that I want to get into. Um, there's some riser, risers and fall, fallers, uh, players, mm-hmm. prospects that are falling on the board. Who do you think who can you see a, a team uh, reaching for, maybe overreaching for that you think is probably gonna regret it? And and you know, if you if if you don't if you can't think of the player, then maybe name the team or or, or both.
2: Yeah, I mean I could give you a couple of examples. I think we just sort of mentioned Mac Jones. I think anywhere in my again, just my opinion, anyone that takes Mac Jones in the first round is reaching, in my opinion. Quarterback is the most important position in the league. Mac Jones is not a first round player. He has accuracy, which is great. He doesn't really have much else for me in terms of like a very high quality quarterback. To me, he's kind of like, maybe he could be Kirk Cousins. He's probably closer to Andy Dalton for me. Um, if he goes to Shanahan in the 49ers, I mean, that's his best case scenario, as are most the quarterbacks. But I think anyone that takes Jones in the first round is reaching. I think the Giants have been known to reach a little bit. Um, based on need over the last few years, um, as good as Saquon Barkley was, you know, he's, you don't take a running back as high as they, as they took Saquon um, with the other, other prospects in, in that class, like Quentin Nelson. And they're, you know, just some great players there. Um, they need an edge rusher. So I could see them reaching um, on a couple of guys like Aziz Jalari or Quidi Pay, who I love both of them, but I don't know if they're 11th overall type players. Um, the number one reach spot we, we we might see is Atlanta at four. If they don't, they're they're in a weird spot where they if they don't take a quarterback, uh, they could really they're they have to really figure out who they want to take. They have the opportunity to take the best non-quarterback. Then they have to decide if they want Kyle Pitts, who we haven't spoke about, which we could a speak about him for hours or b hardly have to speak about him at all. So he's just that good. He's just that polished. Um, anyone, you know, if they take maybe Sewell Slater, maybe that would be a, a slight reach as as great prospects as they are. So Atlanta's in a spot where they're they should trade down, in my opinion, if they're not going to take a quarterback. They have a uh, a lot of uh, some scenarios that are are that are not great, and I think maybe the last spot might be sort of you're looking at that 19-20 range with um, Washington and Chicago if they're going to look for uh, a quarterback. Um, then I, I don't think it, once those top five are gone, I, I don't want any other quarterbacks mentioned until, until the third round, at, at the very least for me. One final spot, I think maybe could be the Dolphins at 18. I've heard rumors that they like running backs. They want to improve the running game. Obviously, their running game wasn't their strongest point. Uh, if they take Najee Harris at 18, for example, that would be a big reach There's a, there's 20 or 25 very good football players in this draft that are better than any running back you could take there. And they have a few more holes to plug. So I think Miami, actually, more so even than, than Chicago and Washington, they're in a prime position where they can make a big, big jump. They had a good roster. Even with Tua's poor play, if he makes the jump, they could be a really strong contenders in the AFC. If they mess up this pick and maybe take someone they, they shouldn't, maybe a Najee Harris. Um, Etienne is the other player. I like both of them, but they're not, they're not top 20 overall material for me.
0: Uh, I have a saying, never take a running back in round one. Just don't do it. It's never good value. I think Najee Harris is one of the best players in this draft. I think he's excellent. I think he's gonna be a great pro. But I would just never make I would never make that pick because you can find a guy. Like I noticed on the rankings on the score, you have Javante Williams as the number one running back. And yeah. in my notes, I said, I'm not saying he's better than Travis Etienne, but I don't think he's worse. And he's gonna go like okay. 15 picks later. And I love like you can always find these guys in the draft where you're getting better value than taking like the, the Giants wish they could take that Saquon pick back right now. There's no way they're happy with that pick and they no they're doubt. never happy no with that picks ever. They never work out, but teams
2: still do them right. I, I think at, at the end of the first round, you're okay doing it. You want a fifth year option, hold on to these guys before they, you know, want a max extension or have to hit free agency. You don't want a franchise tag them. That's for sure. But some teams are in position that they, they have to do that. So end of first round, I can see it if they're, uh, you know, I, I will admit Maybe, maybe I'm not, I'm not perfect at this. It's shocking, but, uh, Clyde edwards hilaire last year was like one of my favorite players in the whole draft. I was jumping up and down when he went number one. Uh, the, sorry, first round, not number one, obviously. Uh, he went number 32 overall. I would take, I would have taken him 25, 26. He's just, for me, was that good. I hope he has a better second year. He's banged up a little bit. If he's that kind of prospect for, for me, um, go ahead and take him. But like Rashad Penny in the, in the first round, I'm not even sure how some people are still employed in that. Seahawks organization, but I guess that's to talk for 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 another day. Like these are just not picks you should be making. You're you're spot on there, and definitely not Saquon. Saquon's obviously a great prospect, and hard not to take him very high, especially in that draft. But you know, if you're taking a run, I don't want to say never take a running back in the first round. You could find your Nick Chubbs. You could find even you know Derek Henry didn't go first round. Look at the McCaffrey obviously went very high. For me, just to close this off. Sorry, I'm rambling, but it's about the receiving. Just as much as the running for me now. This is like this is the NFL is different. Um, you know, you have your Jonathan Taylor's, who again, also not a first round pick, who is not the best receiver. He showed a little more as he as the rookie season progressed. Um, that's my number one concern with Najee. He's not enough. He's not ready for that level of impact at, at the at, uh, as a receiver out of the backfield um for me to warrant a first round pick. And for me, none of these guys this year. I could see Javante going late one he's not i don't think he's going to but i i, I wouldn't i would you know I, w- I would talk about it Him taking yeah, him going number a late late round one otherwise don't do it there's no point this is a deep class you could take your Trey sermons later you could take your khalil herberts your jamar jefferson sometimes there's guys seventh round undrafted that end up being pretty well uh doing pretty well nowadays there's committee backs you guys know i don't have to tell you that's um the value is just it's just not there.
0: Webb was laughing so hard because I also loved Clyde edwards earlier last year. He was like, oh, yeah? like my favorite player in the draft. I loved him so much, and I was also so happy when the Chiefs drafted him. And then for the whole season, Webb would insult me about how he was not playing that well.
2: He it got off to a he had, honestly he was my he was my favorite not my number one ranked prospect obviously but he was my favorite player in the whole draft. So yeah, we have some sense. we have something in co- in common there. Uh, I just got excited uh watching him. When I would watch other LSU prospects, I I couldn't I couldn't almost couldn't do it. I was just so excited. There were a couple of guys I, I could talk about him and watching him for, for for hours just from him. But um, he had got off to a good start first game of the season, but you know didn't quite make it there. But it, it's tough. Not everyone. Chiefs never had a consistent O line. They have Mahomes, so we'll see. Hopefully, fingers crossed for a better year too.
1: Yeah. So for me, that was a reach, and I thought. The Chiefs got too excited, kind of like Mm -hmm. Dallas, when they saw CeeDee Lamb available, and they had other pressing needs. And the Dallas secondary was a joke. And throughout the season, they paid paid for making that sacrifice by not addressing the secondary and and going for the sexy pick in CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I think the Chiefs did the same thing. They're feeling themselves. They won the Super Bowl. So let's just improve the offense, even though they had holes elsewhere. They had holes in the defensive end. Um, yeah. Also knowing that LDT was sitting out, um, or not sitting out, but not going to be playing football yeah. uh, that, that that season. So um, Coop, Coop is a huge Clyde Edwards-Alaire fan, and he loved it. And I get the fit. I just didn't like it at that spot, 32. Um, if they got him later, fine. And in the first game, Coop tweeted out, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be a top five fantasy running back because he had this great game. And I and and I, I, I kind of shut my mouth, but I was like, you know what? Let's just wait. There's still 15 more games to go. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I
0: laughed because
1: it, it, it's funny that there was another big fan of that move uh, uh, on the Chiefs. Yeah. So- I better
2: delete my tweets from that game then. Uh, I was probably even even more excited. I had a, probably a bunch of capital – Capital words and Clyde's and emojis. all. all. I, I was very excited after that first game, especially that, that first touchdown. Uh, just, just to touch on what you said briefly, uh, I think Dallas and KC, the, the two, the two teams you spoke of there were very different scenarios for me. Um, first of all, I think the Chiefs, you're the Chiefs. You yeah, have Patrick Mahomes, you could afford to get a little bit excited in my opinion. They kind of paid for it in the Super Bowl. So maybe, maybe actually they can't, but, uh, Dallas, uh, CD line, you looked across the board was a very, surefire top 10 prospect probably top 15 at least but most of the time top 10 if he's there i have no problem reaching if uh there's a need obviously dallas's secondary was a big trouble last year obviously they're probably going to address it in the first round this year as a couple options but when a player of cd Lamb's caliber is there uh you, you you take them that's even for dallas and you know atlanta did something similar with calvin ridley they had julio jones already um obviously calvin ridley wasn't quite as polished the prospect as. Um, C. D. Lamb, or at least not as much upside, perceived upside, um, but for me, it, you have to balance best player available with, with your need and we'll see if Dallas addresses it because they they certainly had some issues um, last year in the secondary, so they can't afford to maybe not go there early again. Yeah,
1: well this year they, they absolutely have to address that
2: um,
1: and if they don't address the secondary, if there's a, a, a huge prospect on the O-line, like let's say Sewell or, or or Slater or, or one of the uh, Elijah Vera Tucker drop uh, is available. Maybe they could, yeah. do that, but um, they probably should address the the secondary. Uh, but I get what you're saying in terms of having Mahomes. You can kind of you have a luxury there, and you can kind of risk uh those those first round picks. So yeah,
2: it was you're right. There was a bit of nuance to to the Chiefs. Uh, they're see- also not going to get him later, right? They're they're not going to get Edwards Lair at the end of the second round. Um, I don't know when he was going to go if they didn't take him. Obviously he wasn't gonna go in the first since he was the last pick, but um he they he wouldn't have made it to the end of the second round. So if they liked him that much, I trust Danny Reed. We'll, we'll we'll see this year. Hope it works out for them. I'm not very high on the
1: Chiefs this season.
2: Okay, himself. well, all right.
1: No. Um so just wanted to get you out on, on, on this last question. Um you you've you sort of mentioned uh, Mac Jones as a player that you don't think should go on day one, first round. Who are some players that you are hearing or reading or assuming are going to be drafted, sorry, are not going to be drafted on, on day one, but there's there's buzz and there's a lot of clamoring towards these players before, and it sounds like teams will take them, but you just have a hunch, or maybe it's an educated guess, that they're not going to go on day one.
2: Okay, so just to be clear, a prospect that maybe has some hype but might not go on, on day one?
1: Yeah, but it seems like every team in the league is going to take this player if they're available.
2: Okay, okay. I I think that the first guy, um, maybe I'll, I'll get to a more specific example or maybe a better example. The first one that came to my head was Greg Russo. I think it appears that the media and maybe the, the hype is higher on him than what NFL teams like. I think towards the end of the first round, you have the Browns and need an edge rusher even with. Uh, Jadavion Clowney signing yesterday. You have the Ravens Ben needed edge rusher. The Bucks could probably use another one. They only have, you know, they're, the two that they have are very good. But they're looking for the future also. Um, so you have Nita, edge rusher, and Russo is going to be sort of mocked there or assumed there. The upside is there, but I don't think he's going to go round one. His game is not polished. He did himself a disservice by um, not playing in 2020. Um, that's one guy that I think is going to be in for a bit more of a slide than casual observers think, at least. Uh, Maybe those within the the draft community kind of see it coming. Um, I think another guy, I think talking about the safety class, it's not the best one. It's pretty deep, but not very top-heavy. The um, perceived number one or maybe the consensus number one among among evaluators is Shavon Mooring. Uh, I don't know if the team is going to reach for him in round one. There's plenty of hype in him in round one. Kind of think his skill set fits more in early round two. He could be someone that drops. Uh, the final guy I'm thinking of is, uh, Jamin Davis, and he's a curious case for me, I think. I have him as I'm looking here, my number 31, uh, overall prospect. Doesn't necessarily mean I have a first round grade for on him. I don't. I never have the 32 first round grades. I think he shouldn't be taken round one. I think the skill set is not quite there. The athleticism and the speed is just insane. So uh, he's the linebacker out of Kentucky, for those who, who don't know. Plenty of explosive athleticism that you don't see every year at linebacker. But at that, at that position, um, I think there's a chance he might fall to very early day two. Even though we're seeing some mid-round one height, he's a very, very... um high floor, low ceiling, let's, let's call it. He has a big variance where he can go. He can go as high as like 15 or 16, but also I think there's a chance he could drop to the beginning of round two. Maybe, won't really, maybe escape number 40 overall, let's say, but he can go in that early round two.
0: I made a list and Jamin Davis was on my list as well. It's hard to take a will linebacker that high. They just don't go that high anymore. The NFL's kind of changed, but I got some names yeah. to at you as well. Uh Caleb Faraday okay. from Virginia Tech. I think the medicals are really concerning. So I think he, he could fall. He had the same back surgery as Tiger Woods, which is terrifying, and he's had the injury twice right. now. So mm-hmm. I think he could be the top corner in the class if healthy, but I think he might not go round one. I think he might fall out of. If he falls out of round one, he could fall out of the first couple of rounds because the in, the medical could be so bad.
2: I'm, I'm I'm with you on Farley for sure. I mean he's. Um, we, uh, for some reason, this example keeps coming back to me. I don't know how much, uh, you guys were into the draft back a few years ago, but when Miles Jack came out, he had some knee issues and he was like a surefire top 20 player. And all of a sudden, okay, he didn't fall out of the third round, but he, he went in the second and everyone was sort of confused why. And I think that could very easily happen for Farley. The medicals are huge. Um, as we saw a lot of things that don't really have to do with on the field performance makes guys drop. We saw Lael Collins go undrafted because he was a, a, a person of interest in a murder case, or uh, I don't know if it was murder. It was some, some was serious murdered. felony like that. Yeah. So, so uh, obviously very different situation than, than Caleb Farley, but uh, you know, there are things that are out of these process control. for the most part that I could see them drop and is that actually, I, I think is a perfect name. He can go pretty high. He's, has the skill set to be the best corner in this class, which is when you combine the sitting out 2020 with the back surgery, that's enough rough legs for a good portion of the league to cross them, cross him off their board.
0: Jalen Phillips, the same reason, basically, because yeah. the concussions, I he can go top 10, the talent is there, but he could follow around yeah. completely as well.
2: Yeah, uh, just quickly, Jalen Phillips is my number one ranked overall defensive player in the draft. I am just enamored with him beyond belief. He's so good. He's so developed. But, I mean, he, he retired. Really, I can't, there's no other way to put it. He left football because of how, the concussions before transferring. And obviously he came back and he has that behind him. But we've seen Chris Borland off the top of my head is one guy. He had a history of concussions, had one or two more in the NFL, and then he called it quits. That is not what you want your first-round pick to be, wherever you take him, right? Uh, he's very talented. He doesn't have history of concussions. He's a top 20 player. He's a top 15 player. He's Brian Burns. Ish kind of ceiling and where he can go uh, in, in, in the draft. But that the medical history is huge. And I think it's a lot of that and it's a lot of position, positional stuff. Uh, Jeremiah Ozu Koromora is a perfect example from Notre Dame. One Some teams will view him as very versatile, other teams will view him as okay, where do we put him? Like Isaiah Simmons, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? I was blue in the face saying, you got to put Isaiah Simmons at safety. Don't put him at linebacker. I don't know. Like it's just to me. It was silly. Don't put him near a line of scrimmage. I don't want him anywhere near a line of scrimmage. Put him at safety. Kind of feel the same way about Mr. JOK from From, uh, from Notre Dame. I don't really want him too close to the line of scrimmage on all, on every down. I don't want him in the crowd. I want him in space, but the tweener position, tweener size might see him fall at around one. Uh But he's, he's around one prospect all day. He's like top 15 on my board. I I'm, in now room
0: ten two. The last game I have for you is Jalen May- Mayfield from Michigan. There was some yeah. talk of late round one originally, but all the testing has come back terrible. Uh, he looks yeah. sloppy apparently, and I, he apparently he hasn't taken the process seriously. And it reminded me of J- J.K. Polite from the Jets a few years ago. There was mm-hmm. talk of round one, and he was cut four months after falling to round three. I hope it doesn't happen like that, but I just that's in my head now, which worries me.
2: Yeah, Jokai Polite. It was a great example. I I don't know if he's in for that type of fall, but um, you know, Mayfield is is Mayfield's going to fall. I I think he had some late round one hype, early round two. Could see him even being available in round three. For me, he's a guard. I think maybe you put him inside. He's going to be a lot better inside than outside, especially with his testing. But he's gonna he's in for a fall. I, you, those are some really good examples.
1: All right. You guys honestly haven't made it any easier for me with my mark uh because some of the guys you mentioned again like i uh set some players on teams just based on who i think teams should target so mike when you hear this recording when you hear this uh please remember that this is not who i think x team is going to take that's the caveat
2: really you're, you're better off throwing darts at the board right and mocks are so difficult especially for we're we're, we're not eating a rap for a rat in chapter. we don't have as much insider knowledge as some other guys. So you could, you could balance the two and get 10 more right than me. Even if you get 10, right. That's pretty amazing. Mots are very one. Cause once you get one wrong, you get five more wrong because of it. So it, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult practice.
1: And, and the thing is, even if you get the landing spots, right. In terms of the players actually thriving and playing well. There's another sort of thing. So who knows? what Oh can yeah. Happen. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But thank you, Mike, uh, for joining us. you, Made this mock draft process for me and my subsequent drafts even tougher. Now I have a lot to consider. <laughs> and I'll just, I had we, a blast. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. And we want to thank you for you know educating us and educating the listeners as well. And and uh, all the best. Uh, we look forward to seeing
0: some of your, more of your content.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate having me. Uh, I had a blast. It's always fun to talk draft. Uh, but thanks a lot. Appreciate it.
0: And before you leave, all the listeners, again, go follow him at a football mic, and go to the score app and find all his content there. It is the number one place to find football information in the world. Yes, sir. Okay, so thanks again to Mike Alessandrini. We really appreciate the interview. Please follow him at a football mic and go see his work on the score. He puts out great stuff every day. Follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenoms. We really appreciate it. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow and helps us land great guests like Mike Alessandrini. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great night!